welcome to the next episode of Invarious and Peckapalooza. We're a couple of geeks who talk about everything. As always, I'm joined by Invarious. Good day to all. Welcome to the second <laughs> podcast. Woo! And we've already done one episode, but uh, but we thought about it, and you're like, you know, you may be out there listening to who we are. Nobody may be listening to who we are, but if you're listening, you may be wondering who who we are. So we decided we'll devote our second episode to kind of saying who we are. I'm going to stop you right there because as an avid listener myself of myself, I really appreciate the uh, affirmations along the way. So thank you. And thank you again for when I listen to it again. Sure. I only listened to it once when I was editing it. Uh, once I <laughs> uploaded it, I have not contributed to our listening count at all. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for us to get a few episodes under our belt before I start advertising it on my blog. Um, and yeah, me we'll too. See, we'll see how many people out there actually uh, decide, you know what? I want, I want to hear what this guy's voice sounds like. I read what he writes. He's all right, I guess. But um, I don't know. I, I've had some blogging issues lately. Today, I was accused of stealing my blog title from someone else. I've had my blog title for like the last seven years. What I think you have case to believe that you. someone stole it from you. Now, prove who was first. It's called a countersuit. Look it up. Yes. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, so how do we get uh, into yeah. our origin story? I mean, oh, man. neither one of us have a tragic background, you know, so we're not about to become Batman. I can our make planets didn't explode and we were sent here on a rocket ship. I wasn't bitten by a radioactive bug. No. So it's not a and then if you, origin. Yeah, no, and if you try any other origin, it sounds like one of those 1990s flicks where, you know, you know, this guy had it all, you know, and then the <laughs> song goes into the If I Just Breathe soundtrack, you know what I mean? And so, you know, you know, so really you either have to go all fantastic, like it's superhero or you're, you're, you're into a 90s, you know, origin story, so... You if know, I had like a, a disfiguring scar, I'm certain I would have a super villain origin story. But yeah, yeah, I just I don't have that either. So it's at least my story is going to be somewhat standard. But our stories intertwine. That's that's the yes, fun part. That is true. Yes, yeah, they do. We have quite the history going back to the early ages. So we'll lead off, man. You are older. I am older uh, by approximately what 15 months yes something yes. <laughs> something like that um roughly a year and a half maybe um so you know i got a lot of life experience before you entered the world um mm. <laughs> but suffice it to say uh the first thing that people should know about us is that we're cousins yes not identical Still. cousins but cousins yeah. nonetheless um <laughs> What you should know about my cousin, uh, who is going by the the uh, login name in various, he's about eight feet tall, <laughs> and I'm roughly five six. So I've always looked up to him. Gandalf and 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 Frodo Baggins. That's <laughs> absolutely really what this, yeah. That's not, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so being cousins uh, who lived in the same town growing up uh not not the same neighborhood you know you went to a different school uh completely different school system actually you yep. were in the county and i was in the city 
Yeah. Uh, but you know, we're we're close by. All of all you were of on our, the other side of the tracks. That's you right. I was side, yeah. I was the bad seed. You invited <laughs> me over to the house, and I got to play Nintendo every now and then. You came yeah. to my house. You got to play Atari. That's just that's how it works. That was our dynamic. Um, <laughs> we are probably if this is origin, we're probably going to talk about how that dynamic went down. You know, much to my shame, right? Oh, we'll I don't know. Imagine. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah, I'm sure. If yes. I mean, anytime I can embarrass you on uh, <laughs> some sort of recorded device, I'm, I'm going to, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but another important thing I think to, to know about us is we both had sisters growing up. Yeah. We yeah. had one sister. So, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but I have always considered you the brother I never had. Me too. Being yes. that we're cousins, we are we're related. We lived semi close by to each other. We spent a lot of time like during the summers together when we weren't in school. Yeah. Um. We we always growing up had the ability to laugh like brothers, to play like brothers, to fight like brothers. Yeah. I mean, there was there was no getting around it. That's that's basically yeah. what we were to each other. And so at least that's how I've always um, yeah, looked too. back at our childhood. Um. And I will say one more thing. Uh, before I let you kind of take over and, and go with this where you want to. Um, family get-togethers were <laughs> always, uh, let's use the term, a hoot. Um, and that's because of us. If it weren't for the two of us, uh, the family Christmases and Easter's and really any meal shared by our extended family, including the grandparents, the cousins, the aunts and uncles, it would have been just the most boring occasions yeah. ever. Yeah. Well, and, and to, to kind of make a visual or imagery with this, I mean, so it, it was almost like one of those meals after the funeral, you know what I mean? Like you go back to the person's house, everybody brought the meal and it's a very somber occasion. Right. You know what I mean? Because someone has passed and it's, it's very wake. slow. Yeah. And it's, it's just, you know, and then, you know, he and I, and everybody's kind of treating it that way too. And so imagine if you're at one of these kind of occasions that you have just a couple of kids and it gets more ridiculous as it becomes a, a couple, a couple of 40 year olds, but you know, a couple of kids that are just loudly, continuously, unstoppably laughing hysterically. Um, and, uh, and no one could stop us, you know, much that they tried, they tried, oh, they tried. I mean, <laughs> good lord they how they tried we put the fun in funeral man <laughs> we did that's that's the best way to say it. but i think i think we won them over over time because then I, it became an expectation you know i think as we would have these meals together um you know and and, and that's a lot of pressure now that you think about it you know you, you want know, to know what I really, I really think that the actual secret was they thought it was hilarious the whole time oh and they were just they just, just had to, to be, hide it. They had to hide it. And now like, we became adults. And now like, we're the adults. Like, all right, now we can all be. They acknowledge you know. it now. And they, they see, what were, what were we trying to repress our humor for, for all these years when these two. I think you're been, right. You know? I think that's very fair because now, I mean, you think about our last family gathering where we had multiple, <laughs> you know, family members that did some pretty outrageous performances, you know, singing, dancing and all the witch, you know, and, uh, and that was unique. That was new and, and pretty well done. In fact, I think, you know, uh, we should clarify 
at our, our last family get together was at Christmas time. And uh, some of the, um, the older generation made the decision to put on a talent show uh, yes. for, for our grandmother, who is the matriarch of our family. And uh, it, everybody got involved, all generations. Yeah. It was bananas. It was. It, it was it was pretty awesome. We had we had singing, we had dancing. You know, we had <laughs> we laughed, we cried. You know, there's there's so much of everything there. It moved me, Bob. So, yeah. <laughs> so on my side, you know, uh, we 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 grew up, uh, you know, definitely like like uh, Peckapalooza here said in different places and different school systems and all that. We get together and uh, you know at, at early ages we would. They'll be outside and we'd play and we'd role play. We'd, we'd role play things like uh, at the time, you know, we had the Super Mario Brothers Super Show that was on. And we had, uh, you know, the, the Friday episode of, of the Link, you know, episode. <laughs> Nintendo Power was Legend out. Zelda. You know, oh, my gosh. So we would play and it would be like, uh, you know, it, we'd be fighting against Mother Brain. You oh, know what I mean? And Captain N, the Game Master. Captain N, the Game Master, right? With the gaming glove. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so, and then the movie The Wizard with Fred Savage, you know what I mean? Oh. That that movie. And so there's just this this time period there. You know, we'd play, you know, Contra. You know, we'd play Mario Brothers and all that. And and and, uh, but there's just it was just a lot of fun, not just playing indoors and playing video games, but talking about comic books, and then going outside and playing and role playing. And uh, you know, I mean. We don't, I'm just surprised we don't, aren't both LARPing at this point in our lives. You know, I mean, I've, I've not done that, you know, and I don't foresee myself doing that, but I, I could see, I could see how we would have gone there. You know, I'm not sure I'd say no to it. Yeah. <laughs> like if I if, was asked, I would do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably different now, uh, post COVID. I'm not sure if that's a, a community that regularly gets together these days, but, um, uh, you know, I think that, uh, I've, I've seen enough at least uh, fictionalized on television and in movies that it yeah. seems like it'd be a fun thing to do. Well, I mean, and, and I've seen, I've seen more, uh, you know, there's been episodes of different shows. Um, like there was a, I think a bones episode that had LARPing uh -huh. in it. And then there it was, was a big um, part, part Hawkeye, of Hawkeye, Hawkeye where yeah. he's all in it. You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, so, you know, I mean, there is, this is a thing and you know, you, there are all these people that are playing, world of warcraft and and uh and, and are immersed in games you know what i mean they have this other life you know so All i right. could see how live action you know at you least, might have a guilt at least the larpers are actually going outside and getting some vitamin d you know that's right that's some right. sunlight hats off i'd like to take this moment to uh give a hats off to all of the larpers out there you know you unsung heroes you know you just with your you probably taped up styrofoam yourself. swords and for the days that you went to work and wore your LARPing outfit underneath your work clothes, you know, God bless you. you know? <laughs> Who cares what so, Frank and accounting thought of you? <laughs> I know. I know. Seriously. So Live your um, truth, man. We've had, we've had a, a, a lot of good experiences. And I think I, the, the best thing about it between the two of us, and I think for anybody who has someone constantly in their lives is, you know, the ability to at, you know, any point be able to get back together and just start up again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and just be able to, to resume, you know, I, I love that. I love that about this interaction. And, and uh, 
it'll probably, you know, last to the end. We'll be like, especially as we change and we become more senile, you know what I mean? I think it'll get more and more hilarious for people around us. Absolutely. I, I imagine that, you know, just odds are one of us will pass before the other, but whoever's left standing in the end will show up at the other one's funeral and probably just be sitting there and then out of nowhere, just start cracking up over yeah. some memory that we have of the other one. Cause that's just, that's just what's going to happen. That's just, well, I've already, is. I've already determined what I'm doing. If, if something happens to you before me, I saw this TikTok of this. So when I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to put a recording like a, a, on loop and I'm just going to, when, when you have your casket open, I'm just going to go up there and seem like I'm saying goodbye. I'm just going <laughs> to slip it in there. And then, and then it'll be like, a, it'll be like on a time. Like I can use my phone. I'm going to just, turn it on and then when the cast is closed in the middle of them doing the the, the preachers talking it's gonna be like let me out Help! i'm not dead yet you know i'm gonna do stuff like that to you jokes on you man i'm getting cremated <laughs> that'll make it even more weird because i'm i'll have the sounds coming out of the urn here's what you i know? really want <clears throat> so you know how when you go to a funeral and you know the, the casket's open at first if it's open casket and everyone, you know, goes up and, and I don't know, pays their respects or gets a good look. Oh, they did such a good job with her. That kind of thing, which never makes any sense to me. It's so morbid. But anyway, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, Unlike this conversation. <laughs> any people who, you know, like funerals. But, you know, once the once the service starts, the, the guys from the funeral home come in and they close the casket, they move the flowers. And they take this little tool and they crank. <laughs> They're locking the casket closed. You're, you're in there. That's it. Yeah. Now, all right, let's let's move on from the question, why do they have to lock the casket? All right. Are they keeping something out or are they keeping something in? Well, this goes back to vampire lore. Um, so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but beyond that, whenever I see that, all I can think of is a jack in the box. They're cranking, but um, but um, but da 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 da. I'm thinking about the elf. I hope I hope I'm not the only one whose mind is sick and twisted enough to go to that place. But here's here's the truth of it. Here's why I think about that every time because, um. Something that, you know, I'm sure will come up over time throughout, you know, our podcast and these episodes. Uh, you know, my father passed away back in 2006. But a couple of years before that, I was with him at a funeral. And of course, he was just as sick and twisted, if not more so, than me. And I mean that in the best way possible. Like, he, he was hilarious. He was a funny man. Very quiet, so. reserved. But if you got to know him, he's one of those, you, you can't get him to shut up, right? So <clears throat> we're at this funeral, and I'm sitting right next to him. And, of course, you know, it's, it's all very quiet. They're getting ready to start the funeral service. The, the attendees come in. They close the casket. They crank the thing closed. And that's, who, that's what my dad does. He starts, he leans over to me real quiet, like, da-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> and... <laughs> I snorted pretty loudly. Mom is sitting right in front of us. Okay. So this is, 
this is sometime <laughs> after mom and dad split up but you know they're both at this funeral because you know they both knew this family <laughs> and mom's sitting right in front of us she hears me snort didn't hear dad do anything she turns and gives <laughs> me the dirty look and i just <laughs> elbow him because it's like this was his fault oh wow wow well you know and it probably should be said here that you know, as you had shared about your your father, and and uh, you know, we both we both ex- you know gone through and experienced loss. You know, so not minimizing in the least, but you know, just the the serious, especially in these times. You know, with uh, with loss as 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 it has been, but uh, but still, you know, I think about that bare naked lady song. Uh, you know, uh, where he says, "I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral." Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know I'm just I just can't understand what I, I mean. Yep, you see yeah. well. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, uh, but uh, definitely, definitely, I think the the connecting point through the years has been uh, both of us have had an affinity for comic books and superheroes along the way. So whether it's oh, yeah. the actual issues, um, you know, or or even when I handed over to you my treasure trove of comic books, Your you know, entire issues, collection. my entire collection, as I had to not take things with me to. Uh, on one of my moves. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I think, I think with movies, with that, you know, along, along, and we're not, we're not experts. I mean, I, I think that's probably one thing. But too. Who is? I mean, re- I mean, you'd really, there's not like a certification unless you're like the guy who works, you know, at Midtown comics in New York <laughs> city. Right. You know what I mean? Who is, yeah. who is like, Oh no, I am the expert. And he'd be like, yes, you are. So oh, I can tell you the first appearance of everybody who ever appeared in any Marvel comic ever. Speaking of, I'd like to give some free uh, props to uh, Midtown comics uh, who I get my comic books from. Um, and uh, I do. Yeah. And so I'd like to give them props because I had moved and um, I was like, um, I, I, I was getting, two of my subscriptions which were action comics and flash but i wasn't getting batman or detective comics for for a while now so i was i went onto the site and looked and and sure enough my address was still showing as my old address now i had messaged them back last year about my address change and all that and uh, they made note so i i sent them an email and i was kind of like geared up and ready for them to be like oh i'm sorry sir that's that's like 12 issues. You should have noticed and told us soon enough. But I travel with work. And so I, you know, I, I just was waiting, you know, and, um, and plus with the pandemic, you know, you just don't know with the mail system and things what's delayed anymore. Right. Right. So um, I was already I was like, all right, I'm going to the Better Business Bureau. And I'm going to be ready for my complaints, you know, and all that stuff. And that, and that did not happen at all. They, the guy emailed me back right away and uh and said uh no problem here or we've already processed the shipment for your previous issues sorry about that and uh, there's two issues that we don't have any more of you can wait or we can just extend your subscription and uh and so i said i was going to wait but uh i mean you know it's just very easy to work with so hats off to midtown comics in new york new york i uh i switched to digital uh several years ago um because i learned so i had to get rid of not only my comics but yours as well at that you know one of those what we've had this discussion don't pretend like you don't know (laughs) um see the problem was 
I also went through several moves and eventually it got to the point where it's like, I just don't have room for all of these right. comics. And it's like, I'm not going to go and, and pay for storage in a, a climate controlled facility just to keep them around. And so uh, I looked into selling them. I, I can tell you that many comics from the nineties, not worth a thing. Like it's because right. because they're the DC Marvel so they all they flooded the market with everything. They flooded it, yeah. And yeah, like even did. even your special issues like the Death of Superman might be worth yeah. twenty five bucks if you left it in the black bleeding s bag. But right. um, overall, uh, that experience taught me that uh, the paper like have it in your hand comic book is not worth what it once was, and so why am I killing myself by collecting all of these comics and keeping them in boxes and, and then moving them every time I go to a different apartment. Right. Um, I'm like, if I've got them all on like comiXology and they're archived digitally, I can access them at any time on my phone, on my laptop, on my iPad, whatever. And, and they're just there. So, right. so I made that switch and, uh, Oh, what, what just happened? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, for all those listening in, <laughs> I just decided because Aaron had said that they were worth they were worthless. So I brought up my Excel on our little <laughs> meeting here so he could see the value that I collected of all of the comics, you know, that I gave to him. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, but see, that's the value you ascribed to them. <laughs> okay now that's true <laughs> that's or or possibly the value that was the uh the the cover price uh at the, the time they were sold the like sentimental if value. i had if i had taken all of your comics plus all of the comics that i had i mean we're talking this is like more than ten thousand comic books that had been collected between the two of us over a span yeah. of and what maybe you had way years? more than i did too oh, because gosh, you yeah. had you had I, I had a thousand and like, and, I, and that was two boxes i think two of those wide boxes here's and you here's my shout out way more here's my shout out b and d comics in roanoke virginia the the local comic shop here they've been around for almost as long as i've been alive so nearly 40 years maybe 40 years at this time um that's where i got all my comics and they would like each week i'd go in on comic book day wednesdays traditionally and and they would pull like everything they knew i wanted to get and and they would have it behind the counter ready for me to come in and pick up all i'd have to do was go in there pay for them and i'd leave i didn't have to browse anything i didn't look for anything and so that's what that's the way it was for years, right? And yeah. um, you know, I collected from uh, I, I started getting comics probably in the early '90s, but when, as I got into it, I started collecting further back and started getting like those older issues. Yeah, post Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? I figured, yeah, yeah if yeah. I'm going to start somewhere, that's where I'll start. Sure. And so I got back issues and I got like, as, as time went on at first, I was just into Superman, but then the world expanded and it's like, all right, Batman's cool. Green Lantern's cool. The flash is awesome. Wonder woman's cool. Like I'm getting everybody in the justice league. Yeah. And, and just, 
and I kept on doing it. And I like right. anything, like all this extra money that I was getting from having a job in high school, <laughs> if it yeah. wasn't going towards gas, like I didn't have anything to spend it on. So I was spending it on comics. Now, Go maybe, comics. maybe yeah. I should have been saving my money for college or something. Oh, please. Instead, please. Of, instead of now being in crippling student debt until the day I die whatever i got to read comic books yes i got to read the death of superman i got to read nightfall and batman's getting his back broken by bane i got to read infinite crisis yeah what so all of you engineers and doctors out there who's laughing now (laughs) yeah yes but who's who really had the the best experience (laughs) thank you um (laughs) so you know like yeah i say all that and and i'm i'm being lighter about it but like I've, I've always found comic books to be extremely entertaining i love the stories i don't you know don't don't tell me that they're for kids maybe it was a medium that was aimed at kids when they first started out no but not uh but the, the, the storytelling process if you get the right writers and artists in there it is it is a brilliant medium and i don't think that it's given enough attention especially these days you've got so many local comic shops that are going out of business and i feel bad like there's a part of me that wishes i did care about having a an actual issue of action comics in my hands because then i'd be supporting the local comic shop because you know i i love the people there i love you know knowing who they were as i was growing up they they kept up with me uh through all the ups and downs of of life and yeah um, you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy now that like, I've made this decision to go digital just because I don't have space to store comic books in my right. apartment anymore. Right. Um, right. but still all that to say, still love the, the medium. I still think yep. that they're like uh, comic books, movies, television, they're like modern day parables, or they can be, you know, when you're, you're, telling these stories of good versus evil um it's just i don't know i'm, I'm like a little kid when i think about it every yeah, time me too i think both of us probably similar similarly um appreciate it when comic books are true to that that struggle you know uh that that the hero faces or the, the struggle or the you know it's it's like the conflicts the man versus man man versus nature man versus whatever man versus self you know or woman whichever one you know <laughs> but you know i mean but when it becomes like political or it becomes like agenda driven whether it's on comic books or it becomes or it's a show uh, i think i think that's where i have a hard time embracing i still push through it you know what i mean and and at the same time, you know, you don't always know when someone's pushing an agenda. Sometimes you can feel like they are, and maybe they're not. Maybe this is very important to them that they're saying what they're saying. But then other times it can be pretty, pretty in your face, you know, about stuff like that. And so um, that's the only part that I would say that as the years have gone on from when we were kids, it it's like something, something that I I have to like, I don't know, cringe a little bit sometimes about. Uh, whether it's on movie or comic you i mean i'm okay with like if i mean everybody's got an agenda let's be honest um <laughs> what i know i know not what everyone everyone 
it doesn't matter. Cynic. Like, and this is well, that's why I don't watch the news anymore because I can't trust that uh, <laughs> you know it's not run by corporations that aren't just trying to sell ad time, and you know it's sensationalism, and that's another story for another day. Um, but like you know, as far as entertainment goes, you know, like you're saying, whether it's comics, TV, or or movies pushing some kind of agenda, I'm okay with it as long as it's not like heavy handed over the top. Like, yeah, if it, yeah, if that, it that's makes me sense too. To the that's story, fair. I'll yeah. I'll use this example. Okay, I I've stopped watching the CW, DC comics shows, just because I, I realize they are not aimed at my demographic right they're not aimed at 40 year old white dudes that's just not they're aimed at 18 to 25 girls i've always seen you as an 18 to 18 25 year old girl in my younger years maybe (laughs) uh these days this is the brotherly element that comes out you know (laughs) i don't know i've got too much hair coming out of my ears um yeah so you know, I, I will acknowledge that anyway, this the, those CW shows, Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl in particular, are not aimed at me, okay? And that's fine. I, I was still watching them for a... Did you hear that? It was a car outside. <laughs> a little y'all, But y'all in a minute, guys. Um, <laughs> it's your fan base. Sorry. I, I live downtown. There's, there's noise outside. <laughs> it happens. And people um, gather around his apartment to, uh, you know, in celebration when he does podcasts. Yeah, so. when I do a podcast, they try to get on here. It's like the Today Show. It's crazy. Yeah, the music in the background. <laughs> they have parties, tailgates, all that. Um, so, as I was saying, like, I, I, I would watch those CW shows. I watched them through the end of Arrow. Just It was like, I've, I've, I've been watching them this long. I need to see how it ends. You have failed this city. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I did notice there was, I can't remember what season it was, but both in the same year uh, or the same television season, Arrow did an episode about guns and gun control. And Supergirl also did an episode about guns and gun control. The way Arrow handled that episode, it was more of a debate they didn't make anyone feel less than human for having an opinion that was different than theirs. They, they explored both sides of it and that's the way it should be done. It, you know, yes. If, if your, if your writers feel like gun control is a, a topic that needs to be addressed, address it by all means. I I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that gun control is definitely something that should be addressed in our society. It's, it's just, it is what it is. The way Supergirl did it though, it was almost as if they were saying the way we think is right. And if you think any other way differently than us, you're stupid for having that opinion. Yeah. That is not how you deal with, a, uh, you know a subject as polarizing as gun control or yeah a, or anything at this point every i mean it, yeah. it seems like every topic is polarizing because yeah politicians will pounce on any little thing just to i don't know make their base foam at the mouths over something and then yeah. they'll point yeah. their finger at somebody else and say that's the reason why things are wrong and yeah yeah and that's all there is that, to that it. is that that does make it <clears throat> very hard to have a conversation you know 
in, in my world, my career, I've, I've around a lot of people, you know, hun- hundreds of different uh, positions and opinions uh, on both sides. And, um, and that, that very much is, is a challenge, you know, just overall. And then when it's kind of fed into the media that way and fed into entertainment that way, becomes difficult. I had a great conversation with somebody uh, just yesterday, I think it was, and they're like, have completely different views than I do. But they just wanted to share them. They're like, "Hope oh, is it okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, share, please." You know, and I can just hear them. And I and at the end, I could be like, "And I disagree, but I'm really glad to hear everything you said." And and they were okay with me. They didn't require me to agree with them. And that was so, you know. But I also think that beyond the the sensitive issues, there's some other things where shows like The Flash, for example, um, they go in a in a direction that a appeases to the show the the show base the fan base like that but it deviates so far from the character that it really doesn't become that kind of a show anymore it's like it'd be better not to be called flash for example um you know barry allen you know in the comic books is uh kind of silly you know he's kind of a a funny silly kind of guy it doesn't mean he's not serious it doesn't mean that he's not doesn't do things, you know, uh, have serious moments, but, um, you know, he's definitely funny, you know, and, and, uh, and then in addition to that, he's not self, um, he doesn't spend all of his time self-loathing. Now, when you watch someone like Green Arrow, you know, where we don't necessarily, like, we, we see a growth of Stephen Amell, you know what I mean? And uh, we see his his character development and you see his self-loathing and in, in a way that's kind of brooding like a, a Batman kind of a way. It works, you know, but but I felt like as I kept watching The Flash that Grant Gustin, Gustafson, Gus, what's his last name? Gus, Gustin, Gustin, um, that his character just continually was not was was going more and more away from Flash as as I have come to know Flash in the comics. And again, you and I have already talked about not being purists, but at the same time, it's like, it just stopped being the show about Flash anymore. You know what I mean? Unless you're just talking about powers. You know, he, he's fast man, fast man. There you go. You know? I mean, are you sure you're not thinking of Wally West? <laughs> oh, as far as the Flash goes? Yeah. Wally's more of the, the jokester. Barry's a little more serious than than Wally was. Well, I never found that. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. Wally, Wally West was very silly, but I never found whether it was Barry Allen or Wally West. I never found that either of them were as self-loathing as, um, as, as the flash on the CW is. Did you, did you find Barry Allen to be self-loathing? I don't know. Like, I, so obviously growing up, the comics that my flash growing up was wally west and uh they didn't introduce barry allen back into continuity he was dead like he died right in the crisis on infinite earth um and let's take a moment to apologize to our listeners who are not up to speed with dc comics history and lore um (laughs) they brought back barry allen in the mid-2000s with final crisis right so you know i i spent the first you know, what, 27 years of my life not knowing who Barry Allen really was. I mean, I knew he was yeah. the Flash before Wally West. Right. But I also knew he was dead and he wasn't coming back. That was like, that was the rule. 
Like there yeah. is no Barry Allen anymore. He sacrificed himself to save the 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 multiverse or the universe. Right. Right. And uh, so they bring him back and I'm just not as familiar, even even though I was still like I was still getting comic books up to and including the new 52 when Barry Allen was was still there. And basically it was his fault that the new 52 happened because Flashpoint, he went back in time Flashpoint. And, right. and changed the <clears throat> past. And well, uh, I think maybe what I mean to say probably and, and maybe maybe this goes to what we were talking about before about the perception of what you grow up with or what you what you know when i think about the flash in, in the comic books growing up not and i'm not talking about the, the 90s growing i'm not talking about that part i'm talking about when we look back at superman and we say okay the classic superman comics that have been out way before you and i were born you know when we talk about flash and who flash was you know in his character it's it's been a light-hearted role you know and even continuing into Wally West. It's, it's it definitely, if you saw, you know, uh, Superman as the American way and you saw Batman as the brooding, you know, the dark night crime fighter detective, and then you saw, you know, the Wally West Flash guys a bit more lighthearted. At least that's how I took it. And I feel like that's been a, a, a true statement for, for throughout, you know, any version, whether it's Barry Allen or Wally West, that it's a, it's a lighthearted role. And this role just feels more dramatic, you know, and more, I think, appeasing to that fan base is what I mean to say. Well, so here's so I don't, I don't even know where to go. Um, like, I've got so many thoughts right now. So in the comics, traditionally, like, I, I think you have to throw tradition out the window um, yeah. because throughout the history of all of these characters we talked about in DC Comics, I think less so in Marvel. I'm not as familiar with Marvel, obviously, as as I have been with DC, but so I can't really speak to that. But <clears throat> but with DC in particular, the the Batman and Superman you had in the 30s and 40s are very different from the Batman and Superman that were showing up in the 50s and 60s, even in the, in right. the 70s. The the tone, the the um the way that the characters were written. Like all of them, whether it be the Flash, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, any of them, they're they're just very different, and they speak to the time and the culture that they are presented with. And and so once you get into the late '80s, you know that's when you stop having the like the the Batman TV show. Adam West was very on point with the Batman in the comics at the time. Like yeah. we look back at at Adam West's Batman and, and say, oh, it's campy, it's very silly. It, that that's not yeah. Batman. It was Batman mm. in the '60s. That yeah. is exactly who Batman was in the comics. And then you get to the late '80s, and you know you've got Frank Miller who was who was redoing Batman with Year One, and it is dark, yeah. and it is very dark. scary, and it's yeah. like, all right, this is now Batman. This is the Batman we have to show on screen. And so then Tim Burton right. comes along. And that's the Batman we get on screen. So I'm, I'm looking at all that and I'm seeing, you know, as we've progressed to today, you know, I, I'm, I am not as up to date with, with comics. Uh, I'm sorry to say, I just, I have not been keeping up with, there's, there's just so many changes and I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't have, have the patience to, to keep dealing with all the changes, but 
I'm not saying that I wouldn't like to read some of these new stories that are coming out. Um, but uh, I do think that they are continuing to evolve um, <laughs> yeah. as, as our culture and as, as our society evolves. As far as specifically speaking to the Flash TV show on the CW, um, you know, in answering your question of, you know, he is he's a little bit darker and, and maybe a little more self-loathing and reminds you a little more of Oliver Queen than, than of Barry Allen. Maybe that's because Oliver Queen's not around anymore. And yeah. so, so now Barry Allen is the, for lack of a better term, patriarch of the Arrowverse. Yeah. And so he's the one who's got the world on his shoulders or the universe on the multiverse uh, on his yeah. shoulders. Whereas before it was Oliver Queen. Yeah. And now he's gone. So, yeah. so they've, they've had to change Barry Allen in such a way that, you know, he's got to not just carry the flash. He's got to carry the rest of these shows that are interconnected in so many different ways. Um, so maybe that's the answer. I don't know. Like I said, I stopped watching. Um, well, you know, that's one thing that looking about like at, at the Marvel movies and, and again, you and I have not had very much exposure to Marvel comic books. Um, but, um, but looking at the Marvel movies, I will say they handle humor and the lightness, the lightness and humor of some characters so very well that can still be serious. You know what I mean? What I see with Star-Lord or what I see with uh, even Tony Stark, I mean, just the ability or take Tom Holland as Spider-Man is probably the best example, you know, where you have someone who can be very lighthearted and funny, but be extremely dramatic as well in those moments. And um, but you and I have also talked about how <clears throat> the difference between DC movies and Marvel movies is so starkly different you know and and how much we wish as dc fans growing up that there would be someone that could that could actually do it justice right um but uh we just don't have that um and my hat's off to marvel because i'm constantly excited about the next thing oh yeah that comes out yeah uh as far as as far as dc and warner brothers go it's it's never gonna happen like uh it's it's not gonna I know they, they're going to keep trying. They're going to keep wanting to capture Marvel's lightning in a bottle. It's, but it's never going to happen. They've, they, they tried it, and they tried to do it the wrong way. They tried yep. to move too fast. Yep. Um, <clears throat> you know, they, they saw, oh, Marvel's already done two Avengers movies. we got to get to the Justice League right now. And you, you, can't, you can't do that. You and can't so, do that. They, they slow burned that. They, they did such a great job of pulling all this independently together. It's like you said to me before that, um, you know, they, it, when, when you got them together for Avengers, it made sense that they were there. You didn't have to right. be convinced. Right. You know, and, yeah. and that, that's the fact. I mean, but with DC, I mean, I think uh, the sad truth is I think there is a lot of hype and excitement about the Flash movie coming out where you're going to get to see Michael Keaton. And I think that the hope, their hope, is that they're going to have the same moment as Spider-Man: No Way Home, uh, when you when you got to see some some previous people. And uh, I, I think that they're going to. I think it's just it's going to be a little disappointing, you know, it for, is. for many it, people. It's going to be disappointing. 
not because it's going to be a disappointment, but because, oh, well, Marvel already did that. So why am I going to pay to see DC do the same thing that Marvel already did, where they're bringing in old characters from old movies? And doing it, and then doing it poorly. And not, not doing I, it I'm as good as, as Marvel see, did. Right. I'm excited to see Michael Keaton, of course. Oh, always. I'll, you know I'll what I mean? still pay money to go see that movie. Yeah. Probably yeah. twice. But, I mean, it's not like – I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what comes out. Like, I'm still going to go see it. Like, right, me too. Uh, you know, I as <clears throat> as disappointed as I am, I Warner Brothers they they've pushed everything back uh, on their release slate. Um, I'm pretty sure now that uh, like the Flash was supposed to come out later this year. It's not coming out till next year now. Uh, Aquaman <laughs> wow. two is the same way. Uh, it's just I don't understand that part of it, but uh, it's it's disappointing. Um. I don't know. I don't know where my train of thought was about to go. It just derailed. Well, <laughs> I, I think I think the fact is that there's there's um, there's definitely a difference. Part of that is, you know, whether it's Kathleen Kennedy and Kevin Feige, um, you know, doing the Marvel movies, just making good decisions about who is who is seeing the long, you know, the long game, and um, and and having that that play out. I think that makes all the difference too. But. I mean, if we can, since we're kind of bro uh, broaching this topic here, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to talk about Spider-Man a little bit and the No Way Home movie, um, which you've seen in the theater, right? I have. Uh, spoilers for all of you who have not seen it. Turn off the podcast now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't get your intel on the movie from us. No, it's um, it's a fantastic movie from the get go. I, I have to say, I, I can't think of anything I did did not like about the movie at all. Actually, you, any any criticism, any critical elements, things that you were like, meh. Um, granted, it has been three months since I saw it, because uh, I have not seen it since the theater. Um, it is available now to own on digital. Uh, but I have not made that purchase. I've, I've not pulled that trigger because I keep I keep telling myself that eventually those Spider-Man movies are going to be available on Disney Plus at some point anyway. I mean, they already yeah, own everything else, so why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah um, for sure. But, uh, you know, I'm sure I will see it again and again and again, just like every other Marvel movie. Um, I think the only criticism that I had with it – I. I thought it was just about as perfect as a superhero movie could, could get yeah. um, because it was, it was fun. It was uh, nostalgic in all the right ways. Um, there were stakes. Um, you know, you, you had real loss, you had real growth for the character. Whereas, you know, I feel like, I feel like the critique for Spider-Man in the MCU up until this movie has been he's just a kid he's a two-dimensional character who right. kind of just the world around him happens and he's just there but yeah. but for this one even though he is one of three spider-men in this movie this is his movie it's not yeah, about un unquestionably it's not about his connection to iron man anymore it's not about his connection right. to the avengers it's, it's about peter parker and yeah. uh, and so that when I say it's it's just about as close to a perfect superhero movie as it can get, 
that's what I mean. My only critique with it is the explanation. And this is, this is nitpicky. This is like a, a tiny little thing, but like the explanation with um, like Dr. Strange does the spell. And then all of a sudden these villains come over from alternate universes and their explanation is that they are all people who know Peter Parker's secret that he's actually Spider-Man yeah. and they're pulled yeah. out of their universe mm -hmm. the moment before their death. That that doesn't apply to all of the villains who make their way into the MCU. That's right. that's not true right. at all. And it doesn't explain right. why uh, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker or Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker make it into the MCU. Or so, and it also doesn't explain why um, why Venom um, why yeah. why Tom Hardy's Ven Venom was brought over because it's he doesn't like, know Spider Man exists at all. He doesn't. He yeah. He doesn't know anything about him. The only thing that you could say is that Venom, the, the you know, symbiote. might be connect. The symbiote might be connected to right. the one with Topher Grace. I that's the only thing I can think of as to why that would be an allowance. But like, and it seems like it was a cheat. Really, that's, more than anything. That's else. the kind of thing where it's like. Yes, it's it's small, it's nitpicky. That that's I, I think if I'm remembering right, that's my only real critique of that movie. But that's the kind of thing where it's just like you're you're in the writer's room, you're figuring out the details, the minutia of your movie, and it's like, all right, do we really need a reason why these characters are just bleeding over into the MCU, or can we just say, oops, Doctor Octopus <laughs> just showed up one day? How did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> Doctor Strange did some kind of crazy spell and it leaked out all over the place. Who knows what happened? There, there doesn't have to be a specific reason why they came over. They just did embrace it. Yeah. 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 And I and I and I was sitting there and going, okay, I'll I accept it. Whatever you tell me. But you know, well, I, it's, it is, it's like the, the it time travel thing with uh with with Avengers Endgame. Like, you know, <laughs> they, they explained what their rules of time travel were. But then they broke their rules of time travel as the movie went on. Don't don't give us your detailed fake physics of, of how <laughs> your quantum leaping works unless you're going to follow those rules. You can't yeah, you can't yeah. say that the the past that you go to is now your future and then have Captain America show up as an old man in the end after he's yeah. replaced all of the infinity stones in the yeah, past. That, that. That didn't you, work you can't out. you can't tell us that he's from another like an alternate universe and then like what he just disappears that doesn't the make only sense. thing the only thing is if he actually used on, along the way as he got older he used it to come back into this this universe that's the only that's the only explanation that there could be is that if he extended and then used it after peggy had died in his universe and said all right I'm going to go over on this date so I can be there to hand over the shield. And then All I'm right. going to, you know, that, that's the only one, right? Here's, here's my head cannon, Okay. <clears throat> and take and, and do with this as you will. There was no alternate universe. Okay. Steve Rogers took Thor's hammer, took the infinity stones, went back in time, put them all back where they're supposed to be. I would love to see his interaction with Red Skull on Vormir, whatever. He gets back, he uses his last pin particle and gets back to, uh, let's say, the late 40s and reunites with Peggy Carter. Now, Steve Rogers, at this time, in, in the MCU, is 
frozen. He's underwater. He's on ice and not to be thawed out for another 60, 70 years. Yeah. But he's reunited with Peggy. That's, that's what matters, right? He, he gets his happy ending. Even so, can you imagine Steve Rogers living out the rest of the 20th century and not stepping in when he has stepping in. the powers that he has? Yeah, yeah, I know, so, right? So why not have this version of Steve Rogers secretly working with the agency that will become S.H.I.E.L.D. because Peggy is one of the founding members of S.H.I.E.L.D., Yeah, right? And so he is secretly working undercover, not as Captain America, but yeah. he's an agent for S.H.I.E.L.D., and he's going around. He's doing what he needs to do. He's got future information, all right? He does. What if he tried to stop the assassination of Kennedy, but they failed? What if he tried to stop 9-11, but they failed? What if in the 80s he decided, you know what? Let's stop the Winter Soldier program before it gets really started. And so he yeah. goes to Russia in secret and tries to – find Bucky and the rest of the Winter Soldiers, but he fails because of the Crimson Dynamo or whatever that guy's name was from uh, uh, Black Widow, the, the father. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was bragging that he fought Captain America in 1984, but he couldn't confirm it, and everyone's like, there's no way you fought him. He was on ice. But maybe he did. Oh, see, there you go. That's, so Captain that's... America was in our timeline, in the MCU timeline, the whole yeah. time. If he didn't belong there, the um, Time Variance Authority from the Loki TV show would have stepped in and burned off that branch. And we never would have gotten old man Steve passing along the uh, shield to it Sam. Is, it is funny, though, because they do address a little bit in Loki where he's just like, what are you doing? They've they've done all this before. You yeah, but they were I mean, meant to. Yeah, they were meant to. <laughs> See, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It was meant to happen that way. It's part of the prime timeline, and so like that's that's my head canon. That's the way I've explained. Well, no, it. I, I think I think it's good. I mean, I, I I like I like that. I mean, I will ask you because I watched the preview the previews for uh, the Doctor Strange. Um, multiverse of madness and i gotta tell you man it looks pretty hardcore yeah, i mean does. like and i mean that in multiple ways i mean like hardcore awesome i mean hardcore like probably shouldn't take my kids to it no it's supposed you know, to be a I horror mean, movie yeah i mean it looks it looks pretty hardcore so i'm interested in it, though because we've got a lot of things going on similarly and i think they're doing this on purpose right to the way that they did it with the infinity stones as you know with all of the original you know phase one phase two you know they had this buildup of infinity stone stuff in the background happening it wasn't plot intensive or at least even if you take guardians of the galaxy where it was all about that stone but you didn't really know it as that right you didn't really see these kind of things as 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 being collectively towards a gauntlet, unless you were new, you, you were you were uh, in the like know. If, about if you Marvel. knew the lore of it, then sure. Yeah, and as for someone like me who did not really know the lore of it, I'm just like, oh yeah, stones, huh? You know what I mean? Who's that blue guy? You know what I mean? I just I didn't really know. And uh, but seriously, I wonder about that because we got a lot of things happening in the background with the time with with Loki and what happened there. 
And uh, I, I'm sure there's going to be more happening in Multiverse of Madness in that way. Um, there's just a lot of things happening in the background. You got all these different spinoffs. You have the Eternals, the whole thing with the Eternals. You have the Ten Rings. I mean, that's not, you know, the beacon that's part of the rings. You know, that that's no small matter. Yeah. You know, that, but it's easily forgotten. Well, it's so at this point, we have to treat phase four like it's phase one. Like you've yeah, got exactly you've got all of these these different properties that are you know being placed on this brand new MCU chessboard, right? And it's right. like, so where where does everyone fit? How are they going to be connected? Because right now it doesn't look like they are. But yeah, you're right. You've got the ten rings, you've got the time variance authority, which you know, in you know, saying that really you've got Kang the Conqueror, you've got um uh, the Celestials from the Eternals. I mean, they're they're obviously a, a power player, um, and with them, possibly Galactus and the Fantastic Four. We already know they're coming. Uh, at right. some point, they're going to introduce mutants to the MCU. So, right. how does that happen? Right. Um, and you've got you've got all this magic stuff happening in the multiverse, and with Multiverse of Madness, they're introducing the Illuminati, which is this governing presence in the marvel universe of you should mention you should mention who the who the people of the illuminati illuminati are here for our listeners because that's that's pretty important when you told me that so again uh, you know i'm, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with marvel but if i'm remembering correctly the illuminati consists of uh tony stark uh professor x namor the uh submariner dr strange and oh gosh, somebody else. Who am I forgetting? I feel like I'm there's looking, two I'm more. I'm, I feel like there's six people. Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, is on it. Yeah. Um, and there's one more. Is there a sixth person? Uh, so let's see. They've got uh, well, Marvel.com has its has a great uh, listing of it, but it, it Doctor Strange is one of them actually. Yeah. So, so I mean, Dr. obviously, Strange, Black Bolt. Oh yeah, Black Bolt. Black Bolt. The end humans. Um, Charles yeah. Xavier, Reed Richards, uh, Namor the Sub Submariner, and uh, King of the King of Atlantis, and then Iron Man, and that's it. The six men work yeah. together for an unspecified amount of time to mold and shape the status of the superhuman world and the world around it. Again, that is from Marvel.com, listeners. Yeah, so so in the in the comics, they're the ones who uh, sent Hulk off to uh, be away from Earth. They figured they decided amongst themselves that the Incredible Hulk was too dangerous to have on Earth, and so they shipped him off to another part of the galaxy where uh, that's where the uh, Planet Hulk and World War Hulk stories came from. Um, I don't know what else they've they've kind of been behind the scenes pulling strings on but there you know it's it's pretty obvious that they are being introduced in multiverse of madness um some version of dr strange is going to be arrested by a team of uh what we see in the trailer as uh, a bunch of ultron robots uh i assume that are under the control of tony stark we clearly hear patrick stewart's voice uh say we need to tell him the truth um and if that's patrick stewart's voice then it can only be professor xavier um yeah. <clears throat> so so you know he's, he's standing before what looks like this tribunal 
Um, and the, the individuals that make up the Illuminati in this movie may not necessarily be the six individuals that we know from the comics. And even if they are, they may not be the same individuals we know from the MCU. There's so many rumors about who's playing who in this movie. You've got uh, the rumor that Tom Cruise is going to be playing Tony Stark. Uh, you've got the rumor Isn't that, that crazy. I know, right? Uh, that um, Chris Evans is coming back, but not as Steve Rogers, that he'll be playing the Human Torch from the mid-2000s Fantastic Four movies. Uh, you've got the rumor that um, that would be oh, that would be so hilarious if he came back and everybody's just like Steve, <laughs> and then he's just being himself. Steve, you know who's what I mean? Steve? I'm, I'm yeah, because he's, he's hilarious. Oh, that's hilarious! But like, there's there's just so you're right. There's so much going on. But like I said, I I, I liken it to a, a brand new chessboard that they're starting out with. And you got to think of season uh, season four as phase four, the right. way we did with phase one. one. I mean, in phase yeah. one, we didn't even know there were phases, right? It was just right. all these right. movies just are coming movies. out and all of a sudden the Avengers happen. Right. So, so that's your, that's your key. And so at the end of phase four, when they move into phase five, we'll see a little more how these characters and how these properties are lining up and maybe getting closer to one another. And then by the end of phase five into phase six that's when we'll know this is what we're building up towards and and then at the end of phase six you'll have your big epic moments like we did in infinity war and in game right it's like that's what it was all about so we're years away from that stuff but but it's exciting to see like because we know it's coming because we've seen it before we saw it in the first 10 years of marvel movies and we'll see it in the next 10 years of Marvel movies. But it's then in, in phase 12, you know, <laughs> I think that you know, just in phase 12, <laughs> I will have already been dead for five years. Oh, man, it is. It is amazing, though. You think about just a long, a long story well told, you know, and I, I just I love the opportunity to go through all of these movies and watch them like, you know, there's not I'm it's not that I'm just like one of those who just likes to watch something over and over again, but I like to watch series and, and things yeah. like that and get continuity, you know, out of, uh, out of, and sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes, you know, I, I try to find some continuity and then I just hate it. But with the Marvel movies, I just, or star Wars, I can just watch them again or, you know, well, and they're, again. they're doing it right with the Marvel movies. Right. I mean, because they're, they're telling these stories and you have progression. You have characters that are aging in real time. And, and so eventually their stories have to end. It's sad when a Tony Stark dies or sacrifices himself. Or same with Black Widow. You know, it's, it's sad to see these characters that we've, we've grown to know and love over the years to see them just disappear. We don't have them anymore. But that's life. Those are stories you right. can't tell in the comics. Because in the comics death is is not a one-way street (laughs) like right somebody dies in the comics they'll be back in six months give or take but you know if you're telling if you're telling this long-form story like they are in the mcu then you're gonna have actors in the real world who are gonna age out of these parts so they're either gonna have to retire from the the gig like eventually uh scott lang is not going to be able to handle being ant-man anymore 
he's gonna right. have to pass it on and he he does in the comics he passes it on to his daughter but right again in the comics they're ageless batman has yeah. been batman and been perpetually in his mid to late 30s for the past 80 years right so right when, when you're telling these stories in, in the movies, like I said, at least at least Marvel, they, they get it. They're telling the story in a way that it's not infinite. And at some point, they are going to run out of legacy characters to pass on the torch to. And yeah. eventually, you know, they'll reach the end of phase six or nine or whatever and decide, and you know don't. what? We need to start over again. Let's yeah. uh, let's recast yeah. Tony yeah. Stark, and we'll we'll restart the MCU in yeah. the year twenty seventy five, and then it's a brand new thing. You know, though, I, I will say that we have, uh, if we look at at not just the actors aging, technology, and how people view you know uh, their entertainment is changing too. I mean, twenty years ago you know, the way that movies came out and were seen are different than they are now. And 20 years from now, it'll be different too. You know, virtual reality, you know, and the ability to uh, immerse yourself in a world, you know, could could have further leaps and bounds. And I don't necessarily mean like Ready Player One style, but maybe, you know, but uh, I think that, you know, as I can go on an Oculus Quest 2 and sit here and be in a movie theater and watch Netflix, you know, that that changes things and it doesn't just change things in the way like hey now i feel like i'm in a movie theater i'm talking about like further interactions and augmented reality that might change our movie experiences where the audience has interaction in a movie you know what i mean and so like i think that there's there's other elements that are going to come to play over the next 20 30 years with technology that could change the spectrum of what we see as a traditional movie now you know just like our parents or anybody before us would see say the movies now are like is this a movie i mean what is this this is some epic three-hour you know event you know it's like it's like a concert you know very different yeah so it'd be it'd be interesting to see as because uh, you know the streaming service is probably the, the the best example of how things have changed now you know in light of netflix and and Disney Plus and, and the pandemic, you know, that happened, it changed that scope because before you had to wait for a movie, right? You just have, have always had, that was your limitation and you would never have TV and movie mix ever. You know what I mean? And now this is, this has changed. You know, now we're in a place where you can have both um, and you can have these series that come out that are treated with the same uh, notoriety as a movie and it, and it helps build you to then to a movie it, it helps carry and tether you so we're already kind of experiencing that shift and it'll be interesting to see how how things continue to shift uh ongoingly that is true netflix was my idea by the way was it was it i can't prove it i want i wondered why you're living in the mansion you are now so uh. I, I mean, you know, I, I came up with the idea. I can't prove that they stole it from me. Yeah. But uh, I did, you well, know, years and years Peckflix, ago, I said, I said, that's how Peckflix it's going to be. Just, yeah, but Peckflix doesn't roll off the tongue as easy as Netflix. You know what I mean? So doesn't I think, it, I think when you, doesn't it? when you said Petflix, or, sorry, I see, I want to say Petflix, like the dog channel, you know what I mean? Or something. So, um, <laughs> 
All right. Well, I think that seems like a good enough place to wrap it up as any. Um, we hope you've enjoyed our uh, origin story and our deep dive into the speculation of what's to come in the Marvel Universe. Uh, it's funny. We, we started talking about Spider-Man No Way Home for about, what, 30 seconds and then launched yes, straight into speculation about what's to come. Yes. Uh, we'll have to have a real that discussion about Spider-Man uh at some point in the future but uh yep we'll, we'll save that for another episode but until next time keep your powder and your pants dry y'all yes and if you liked us then uh please subscribe and continue to listen and tell your friends and family and everyone across the nation that's right that's important we we like to have five stars because five yes is in various's favorite number it is it is especially stars so need that validation people let's do one it's a it's a little validation for invarious <laughs> all right everyone thanks again have a great whatever it is wherever you are mm-hmm.